The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So this morning, uh, speaking about um, the, the practice of Dharma as a practice of not being in conflict, of, of, of somehow finding our way of um, harmonizing, uh, of finding our peace with truth, with the truth of this moment, what's happening, the truth of my own uh, uh, reactions, resistance, clinging, holding to uh, things, the truth of um, you know, the Dharma itself, of the nature of change, the nature that um, things will go their own way and are not subject to my control. Um, so to so to find our way to peacefulness and to non-conflict, we study our conflicts. We study the ways we get caught. We study the ways we uh, somehow feel this moment is uh, wrong. <laughs> this moment is not, this shouldn't be happening. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Um, often in our sitting practice, it can be manifested as this feeling, I'm not here to feel this. <laughs> you know, I'm here to get peaceful and calm, and I'm not here to feel this um, irritation or this boredom or this anger. Um, but whenever we feel that, whenever we have a sense of what's happening now shouldn't be happening, this is a great place to practice. This is a great place to get interested, to get curious, um, uh, to get really familiar with um, what's going on here. Um, what, what expectation or assumption is being challenged right now? I think science today uh, is quite clear that there are um, sort of grooves in the mind that the, are well-worn sort of pathways, habits, that the more we do something, the more it gets reinforced. And so um, in practice, one of the... Uh, ways maybe practice works is by creating new pathways, new grooves. Um, and um, th there's a story that comes to mind of the, um, after the war, after World War II, uh, 
in Japan, it was discovered that, um, some of you might have heard this, that, that there were some soldiers who had been left behind in the jungles, in the really remote islands, Okinawan island chains. And, you know, the war had been over for 10 years or 15 years. And these soldiers, you know, nobody knew they were there. Nobody told them. And maybe there's something in this sort of um, Japanese mind or culture that has this um, loyalty and this this sense of fulfilling one's duty. And so anyway, so these six came to the attention of the government that there were these sort of left behind soldiers who were out, you know, living in the jungle and still believed that there was a conflict going on. So what they did is they enlisted some of the veterans from that time to get their old uniforms, dust off their old uniforms, and sent them all the way down there. This is quite far from mainland Japan, on one of the old vintage boats that had been used in this, in this, uh, at, that, at that time, and sent them in to these waterways and uh, called out to the soldiers, you know, in Japanese and called them and said, you know, it's okay, it's safe, you can come. So the soldiers came, came out of their hiding and then the commanding officers with a lot of um, respect and kindness said, um, uh, bowed to them and said, uh, thank you, thank you for what you are doing. And I'm here to tell you that the war is over and you can come home. And um, rather than being uh, ridiculed, rather, rather than being ostracized or made fun of, um, when they returned to the mainland, uh, main, main island of Japan, they were given a parade. People came out and thanked them. And um, so this kind of honoring honoring of the parts of, maybe we can see this as honoring of the parts of ourselves that are still in conflict, that haven't been, you know, told that that war is over. (laughs) You know, that old, you know, that person's not even around or that situation's not even around or that was 50 years ago or 30 years ago. Um, are there parts of ourselves that are still fighting some war that, and rather than ridiculing and rather than saying, aren't you over that by now? Or don't you know that conflict is, we don't need to fight that conflict. Can we bow to that part of ourselves and say, thank you. Thank you for what you, um, thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for your care and service to my well-being. And I know you've been fighting for um, the larger good, my well-being. And, and now I can tell you that this, uh, that conflict is over and, and you can come home. And um, so, so 
maybe one aspect of this path to non-conflict or this path to peace is bringing back all the, all the stray soldiers who have been left behind, who didn't get the, you know, they didn't get the message. They didn't get the, the text message or the, <laughs> the telegram, <laughs> whatever, that, um, you know, with a, with a lot of kindness, with a lot of uh, honoring of, of, of the, the parts of ourselves that are trying to do what's best for us. Um, but when we get more sensitive to this um, place of non-conflict and not wanting to be in conflict, then we become more sensitive to the places where, where conflict arises. And um, so maybe another, maybe to say that in our current vernacular, um, when, so, when our buttons get pushed, <laughs> you know, and so um, noticing, what, you know, what, this, this is a great opportunity when our buttons get pushed and something, whether it's in the political realm, whether it's in the realm of family, whether it's in uh, the realm of some ideas I have about the future or about what is or isn't supposed to happen. Um, we have these buttons and life has a way of pushing our buttons. And, but the more we uh, can, can appreciate that these buttons are our teachers and this is something, these are the place that we practice because um, the more and more we have insight into this exact phenomenon of where we get pushed, where we get triggered, where we come into conflict, the more sensitive to that, in direct proportion to that, is the more free we will become. Um, the, they, they are exactly the path to more freedom, more happiness, more peace. So... Thank you very much.